come out of this better than you went in. You know, and, you know, I talk about that and I totally stole it from James Aldinger, but that yeah. 1% better a day. Yeah. I don't yeah. care if you come out of this 30 day, 40 day, whatever it is thing, 1% better, but at least come out better for it. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast, a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast, everyone. Um, you know, it's been a while since we've done one of these, but, uh, you know, if you're familiar with the past episodes of the podcast, we've often done what we call the listener mailbag. And, uh, you know, again, I think it's been a while. I don't know if we've done one since Kim's been on board. So it might've been, you know, eight, nine months since we've done one on that note, if you ever have a question or anything you want us to discuss, what a, I, I think Kim and Steven would probably agree, but some of my favorite episodes are when we're asking specific questions, topics that, that all of you are, are looking to learn about. I mean, we've done, I think we're roughly 150 episodes in. So at this point, it's always kind of hard to know, you know, have we covered it all or are there questions that you have? And today we've got three topics that I know for a fact we've gotten asked about many a times. Now, We've probably covered them all a little bit, but I think we took, you know, we took kind of like the three biggest requests. And, uh, so that being said today, the, the docket is we're going to talk about reverse splits, um, which is, you know, I often say, you know, it, it's the modern day pump and dump, as they say, you know, um, if you haven't been around penny stocks a lot, you might think, you know, every, everyone always hears about the penny stock pump and dump doesn't really traditionally exist anymore. The, the old, the SEC kind of clamped down on promoted stocks, but what you see is versus a paid promotion from the old days is you see a lot of these stocks do the reverse split. They do the press release to jack their price up so they, they, they can first of all sell stock, but also a lot of these guys are just trying to stay compliant. So they stay on the NASDAQ and they don't get kicked down to the OTCs. Then on that note, we're going to touch a little bit on filings. Um, you know, we're, I, Stephen and Kim are both here, um, trying to, you know, help educate Kim. And then Stephen and I kind of have a little bit of a differing opinion on, you know, the value and, and what you should be looking for in SEC filings. And on that note, if you do, you know, we're just going to kind of touch on our opinions, but if you go in the archives, I did an episode, a couple episodes with Michael Good. Uh, Michael Good is like the SEC filings guru, as they say. So if you want more in depth than what you get today, take advantage of the archive. Check out those two episodes with Michael Good. And then we're also going to talk about one of the best patterns out there. One of my favorite setups. It's taken me years to convince Steven. I, I, th I think one of the reasons he's got, you know, chili stains on his tank top, his hair oh, all messed up. Palm trees. And, they're palm and, trees. They're palm trees. That's, those are chili, those are chili stains. It's, I think it's like ketchup or something. So anyway, we're going to talk about multi-month, multi-week breakouts, etc. So welcome, Kim. Welcome, Steven, even though you didn't clean your shirt. So. Hello there. It's nice to be here. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, even though you're in quarantine. Just, yeah, just to give some context, I've not I've left me house once in over a month. It's not that often. Dubai is locked down. So you know, obviously, I, I think this this episode will probably come out relatively quickly. So, it just so for some context, we're recording on April fifteenth right now. Um, yeah. and then Steven, I mean, so, so again, I'm kind of curious, recap of that a little bit. When did you go in lockdown? And I mean, and you guys are like hard lockdown, right? Yeah. We're a, it's like a $500 fine if you caught outside. Uh, we have to for any reason, for any reason, 
for any reason at all. Because I saw like plants, if you have a letter that says what you're doing, they'll let you go. But but you can't go outside mm. for any reason. Wow. Nah, so no, basically what you've got to do is you've got to have a permit from the police. You apply online to say, I want to leave my house for an emergency. So it's emergency groceries, doctors, uh, uh, or undisclosed. And uh, they'll give you a permit within about three or four hours, but you can't have too many permits. Uh, so yeah, so I've been out once when I got the permit. So, it, but it, much, I mean, how much food do you have in your house? Yeah, I just go out and buy, go and buy loads, and every time, like every time I need more, I mean, you can order. Like, there's still deliveries. Like, I can get okay. my calls and stuff. Okay. Um, see, see, that's you know, and and we we joked about this. I, a little I haven't before. ordered my calls. We, no, you know, yeah. we joked about this a little bit before the podcast. I mean, it's like, what what are the health lim- lim- implications of forcing people to eat? takeout food every day <laughs> not good it's not good plus it's not good to be stuck inside all the time because steven you're not getting fresh groceries right you're probably just ordering takeout right no 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 i do i'll, I'll order you can get fresh groceries okay so okay. i mean i've talked it as an opportunity to just eat very well like good. fresh meat good. fresh That's fish awesome. lots of vegetables good i cook good. everything myself i can count calories you so, know how to cook um, you know how to cook I basic stuff, meat and vegetables, different variations, wow. and spices, that's, chilies, and everything. That's more than me. I'm I'm impressed. All you need is a cast really? iron pan and some butter. You throw that steak in there, baby. That's all you do. Uh, You're done. I just watched I just watched Tim Bones Instagram and learned from his cook show. Yep, <laughs> like exactly. Eggs, bacon, <laughs> and grease. Yep. <laughs> done. But um. No, but I mean, uh, how much has life changed for you guys? For me, it's changed, but you like I've just saw opportunity to think, all right, well, I'll take this time to study. And I try to tell other people to do it, but many people won't. I've learned, I've learned over the years, you know what? Everyone likes to say that they're going to do studying, but no one ever does. <laughs> vast, vast, vast majority of people. You know, vast majority. Um... You know, you, you look at the questions we get and, you know, the listeners out there that know, you know, you know I'm actually, on Monday morning, I will do my 2,000th webinar in wow. stocks and trade pro Jeez. but steven cool. it's, well it's amazing you know people that are like i mean you know i do all these webinars and i'll get asked like you know what do you mean when you say green to red it's like yeah. <laughs> you, you've watched hundreds of webinars you know so so and you're right you know people say oh, i'm gonna study i'm gonna study and they don't and that's why so many yeah. people, you know so and the even worse thing and i'm not gonna say any names because i don't want to do it on public but the even worse thing is when people try and sell DVDs and packages and learning experience. And when they do YouTube videos as previews, you can tell that the technical analysis is dog shit. And you're like, you don't know anything. How can you be selling a service? So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm turning into you. I'm, I'm, I'm the, the teacher, the student is becoming the teacher because I'm being exposed to all of the terrible things of the trading world. And it, and it beats you down brick by brick. It really does. <laughs> But then you make money, so you, you, you don't mind as much. <laughs> so, Kim, for you, like, I mean, yeah. so, so the listeners that, that don't know, you know, Kim is in Hawaii. Um, yeah. I mean, what, I mean, how, how much has changed for you? Yeah, well, I can't paddle, so that has me really upset. I was, like, looking forward to finally getting back in shape because paddling season, outrigger paddling feet was supposed to begin about four weeks ago, right when they put the quarantine in place. So uh, we were we're not, you know, allowed to, we're not even allowed to really go down to the beaches. And that's really sad in Hawaii to not be able to go to the beaches. So, you know, I know I have it a lot better than most. I have a private office where I can come to, to just get out of my house as, you know, as long as I'm not around other people, but we're not, we're, I think only 15 people are allowed to go into the market at a time and you can't, uh, you have to have a mask on. So, but nothing's open, you know, this, uh, I had a little scary encounter actually on Sunday cause I came in to do some bookkeeping and because the little shopping center I'm in is abandoned, some unusual kind of guy was outside my window and I got really scared. So I had to call the cops. So it was that feeling of being in a desolate, you know, nobody's around kind of experience. Yeah. It's funny. Cause you know, and again, whether the listeners yeah, know or not, I'm in a, I'm in a very rural area, you know, like, like, you know, I've, I've mentioned it on the podcast several times. I mean, my closest neighbor is a mile away and it's a rental house that I own. Okay. So I'm in the yeah. middle of nowhere, but even like when I went to get eggs, I get eggs from a little local farm market 
I mean, it's like eight thirty in the morning and I'm driving and it's, it was weird because I didn't yeah. pass a single car. Now, again, I'm a rural area. It's not like the four Oh five, but normally eight thirty in the morning on a weekday, you're going to pass six okay. cars, you know, okay. something zero. And I mean, it was just yeah. like, and there was like, you know, it's, it's spring, but it was cold. So there was no birds out, no wildlife. It's like, it felt like, a, I, like, I, like I am legend with Will Smith or something. I'm thinking of a vanilla sky. Remember yeah, that scene yeah, where Times yeah. Square is like empty? And it's like, you know, I'm in a rural area now too, but it's it's a creepy feeling to feel no. And that's why I got scared because I got, wow, there's nobody for a really far distance. Like I can't yell anything because nobody's going to hear me. So uh, that part, I don't like. I mean, I don't even remember being that kind of like shook up in New York City on the subway at 2 o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is a podunk town, like this little country ranch town. And this is just not stuff you have to worry about normally. So, yeah. So but, so back to Stephen's point, I tell you, you know, yeah. my thing is, and, and I did a, um, I actually did a presentation for Traders for a Cause this weekend. And, and uh, huh. you know, Traders for a Cause is a great cause. We I've talked, I've, I've they, they've had me involved from the beginning seven, eight years ago, and awesome. they asked me to open it up. And, and Stephen, that was exactly my opening. I'm like, listen, take this. This is an adverse time. This is a bad situation. But that's, you know, you, you never accomplish anything great without adversity. So take advantage of this. I mean, if you're stuck at home, you can watch Tiger King six times. Or so you can watch Tiger King once. You got to watch it once. I'll cut you some slack. I haven't watched it. I, oh, I'm going to watch it. it. You gotta watch it's it. really it's so good. So, but, but you can watch it once, but then you can spend all the other time reading books, you know, learning. Yeah. I mean, my the, the core of my presentation was come out of this better than you went in, you know. And, you know, I talk about that, and I totally stole it from James Altucher. But that yeah. 1% better a day. Yeah. I don't yeah. care if you come out of this 30-day, 40-day, whatever it is thing, 1% better. But at least come out better yeah. for it. Yep. Can, I, can, I, can I say, uh, me brother once gave us advice when I was going through, uh, uh, obviously trading's full of ups and downs. Life can be full of ups and downs. And me brother gave us the best advice I've ever heard. And I think it was from a Denzel Washington, Pennsylvania graduation speech. Wow. He says, he said, my brother said to us, whatever you do, whenever you fall, fall, whenever you slip up, don't fall backwards, always fall forwards. No matter what you do, fall that. forward. That's beautiful. Um, and it's and it stuck with us forever, always fall forward. Whenever you make a mistake, think, what, what can I learn from this? What can I take? And keep fall, falling forward. And also, if you fall forward, you're falling into the unknown. And when you go into the unknown, that's when you get Magic the things that you want, right? You're yep. seeking the unknown. You don't want to be in the same circle you've always been in. Fall forward. It's just a better, or for me, it's a more inspiring way of 1%. Absolutely. It's awesome. They're both good. They're both good. All right, SEC filings. So Tim and I did a, uh, Stephen and I did a series on all the things, well, the the primary pieces of what I have to pay attention to. And time frames, we talked about uh, hot sectors, which was, I love that conversation. Uh, and we talked about float and we talked about uh, support and resistance levels, but we never talked about SEC filings. So Tim, we wanted you to tell us, or I want to know, I mean, I know Stephen knows about them, but what, what, how much do I want to spend my time looking at SEC filings? So hours and hours and hours. So <laughs> in my opinion, okay. And, and this is, I, you know, this can be, I don't know if it's, if you would call it controversial, but I think it's a little bit of a different opinion. You know, first of all, I think you should have a working knowledge of an SEC file. You should know what an 8K is. You should know what a 10K is. You should know what a 424B is. And these are all things we've talked about in the past. And again, I mentioned in the introduction, Michael Good and I spend, I mean, I think they're our both episodes breaking down exactly what those are. So I, you know, I don't really see any point in redoing that when the work has been done, especially coming from Michael Good. I mean, he is the man when it comes to analyzing these penny stock filings. My answer is I do not look at them very frequently, you know, because, 
number one, I know the game, okay? When we're talking about junk penny stocks, I know there's a million skeletons in the closet. I know this is not a good company. I know they're going to dilute at some point, okay? I know that they have no earnings, that they have no sales, that they're office is located in a mailboxes, et cetera, et cetera. So <laughs> what I have seen, and, and listen, I used to dig into them a lot more in the past when I was okay. learning. And again, I, you need to have a working knowledge of, of okay. what these things mean. Okay. But in the last few years, I have just, I mean, I think of one of the best H E A R. Okay. Turtle beach was one of my favorite from several years ago. And this was, you know, and and this is just the first example that comes to mind. So in 2018, you know, basically two years ago to the day, like February, March, 2018, H-E-A-R gaps up to like five bucks and everyone, air quotes, everyone is like, there's warrants, there's warrants, there's warrants, outstanding warrants, outstanding warrants. And so everyone's like, you know, because they're digging in the SEC filings, and they're like, you know, HEAR, it's a piece of crap. They make headphones. You know, they make they make like headphones like I'm wearing. Yeah, it's gaming gaming headphones, right? Yep, it's like yep. PlayStation headphones or something. Yeah. So then, over okay. the next one, two, three, four, basically all summer, like literally six months, I think until looks like late August at the chart I'm looking at, this stock was green almost every day. It was green. I'm looking at a weekly chart because it's so far back. It was green every week for six months because everyone saw the warrants. They thought this thing was going to tank. They get short and all it does is continue to grind higher. And that is actually, you know, again, when you're talking about a newer trader, you know, trying to focus on these penny stocks, these are great plays on the long side when you wow. see the volume there, when the stock is closing green every single day, it's one of the best ways to know that shorts are trapped. And yeah, you got to be careful holding overnight, you know, but because they'll, if, if they do the offerings, it's typically after hours or in pre-market. But if you get green to reds, I mean, I should bring up the daily chart on HER. I'm willing to bet this thing went green to red every day for months wow. because wow. everyone tried to get that first red day you know so the stock gaps down it's red everyone's like here we go they short it goes green and it was literally i mean i mean steven you remember h-e-a-r don't you yeah um i remember i remember it being like a 30 or 40 cent stock if i remember rightly and uh and it 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 really shut up it went to 35 yeah yeah. and it went to 35 in the end but it basically it broke out held broke out held and it was like it was like a real company but it wasn't a real company so it was really weird because it traded like it was kind of a real company and when it was in the 30s even i remember it going down in the 19s and it stayed in the 19s and 70s for a while but But um, this this was because the sec filings people were reading them and seeing things in them that were misinforming them no, I, I can I can just explain a little bit. So basically, there's a couple of things when you go along a stock. So basically, to explain it a bit better, these penny stocks um, don't really make enough money to survive in the stock market. They don't they don't make enough money to pay their expenses uh, at all. And and sometimes the the, the stock drops too low and the, the, they don't qualify to be on the Nasdaq anymore. So what they need to do is they need to create new shares, like kind of out of thin air, I guess. They just So if there's a float of 10 million publicly available traded shares, say, for example, in a company, and they'll just say, look, we're going to add another 5 million, and we're going to sell them for this price because we need money to survive. But what happens is if they do that, um, the people who originally had 10 million shares, their shares are like kind of worth less now. Yeah. And there's a lot of selling pressure because everyone's thinking this company's adding more shares, which is devaluing the share that I've originally got. So I don't want to be in this company anymore. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that when a company dilutes its float, it's a negative sign. So everyone sells. Um, so basically the SEC filings show you when the company, because the company has to give notice to say we're going to add more shares to the float basically. And I don't know if it does it through warrants 
of it does it through an at the market offering. They're the well, they're all it, again. I mentioned yeah. I, I used H E A R with the warrants as an example, but yeah. So so but what then, was what was happening then with that particular okay. ticker? What 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 was it that you're saying that the SEC filings and people paying attention to them wasn't serving them? Because basically, what happens is. And and this is one of the one of the great mistakes that I think a lot of newer traders make, particularly on the short side, is you find this thing. So you find the warrants, you find you know the the filing for the for the for the at the market offering. What's the warrant that, mean? What's the warrant mean? I don't know what that word. means. Basically, a, you get a, a right to sell share. Like I could issue warrants, and you could buy discounted shares of my company. Okay. 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 So gotcha. so it, it it allows you to dilute the stock, raise money. I, I sell them to you as a discount. Then that dilutes the shares, which brings the price down. So, Got it. but, and again, Michael Good and I talk about it in detail, but what happens is, and, and, and Stephen, I, th- I think Stephen would wholeheartedly agree with me on this. When you find this little tidbit of information and you're stuck short. So you're now wrong. The chart is telling you you're wrong. The volume is telling you wrong. I mean, this stock's hitting the high of the day. It's trading 10 times its normal volume. You now fixate on that little piece of information and you ignore the chart and you ignore the volume. You stay short and then you blow up. You take the huge loss because you're using that little nugget of information to convince you that you're you know, maybe you'll ultimately be right. Maybe you'll be yeah, safe. Yeah. Maybe you'll get yeah. back to break even. I mean, Stephen, so you agree with that, right? No, no. So I'll just, I'll just add. So the way, yeah, I totally agree. And um, but the, the way it works is, say, you'll see an SEC filing that says there are five million shares that we're going to sell as warrants. So everyone's like, five million shares are going to sell. That's going to tank the stock. But for whatever reason, the volume on that day, there's such high demand that the volume's like 25 million, yep. which means that if there's 25 million shares worth of people want to buy and sell, most of them are long and there's only 5 million warrants, the warrants just get ate up and they don't really come into play, but everyone's short thinking that they will, and they don't take into account this excessive volume that's counteracted it. Yep. And then everyone stays short, everyone stays short thinking it's got to go down. And it doesn't. And then when everyone covers, it explodes because you have to cover to buy. Yep. Uh, so the, the best example I can give, Kim, and, and I hate to keep bringing this up, but to the listeners, yeah. you know, yeah. Michael Good and I go in depth on this. Okay. But, but the, this. the biggest example is what you're, and I go in trigger warning to longtime listeners. I go into this whole supply and demand discussion all the time. But I think so many people underestimate or, 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 undervalue the fact that the stock market is a market at the end of the day all these indicators all this information is supply and demand you know and so what happens like steven mentioned if you got a stock that's got five million shares in the float they got outstanding warrants of five million if it's i mean we see these penny stocks trade a hundred million shares in a day okay works w-o-r-x trade it it's a it was like a 3 million float stock. It traded 90 million shares on Monday, two days ago. Like, like 99 or something. No, yeah, at almost 100. I was, just, I, was just, I was just looking at it today, actually. So think about, put your supply and put your Adam Smith hat on, okay? The invisible hand. You know, it doesn't matter if they're dumping 5 million shares on the market if there's 100 million shares changing hands. And that's yeah. why, just like Steven said, people stay short. Then the stock starts breaking high a day, breaking high a day. Everyone panics at high a day. You start getting market buy orders by these shorts. And then next thing you know, I mean, you've got, you've got a works. Works went, right. from, went up 700% on the day. All right. So could, could the metaphor be that you want? So, so the metaphor I'm thinking of is a really handsome guy who all the signals are there that he is a player, but he just looks so good in that suit that you, uh, you just don't look at all those red flags. He's, he's, pa- he's Patrick, he's Patrick Bateman in uh, <laughs> American, American Psycho. Psycho. Yes. Yes. 
Well said. An SEC filing could be a handsome man in a suit, but you are if you're not paying attention to all the red flags, then it could take you down. Yep. Well said. Yep. Okay, I put it, but there's only one flag and it's small, so it's a it's a bit it's a bit of a what's, weird what, one. What, what's the, what do you mean? The, the SEC only... filing is a small flag. It's a small flag where people put too much weight on it. It's one thank small you. indicator, but people put too much weight on it. That's, and, that's and, what I wanted to clarify. And thank you, Stephen. I think that if there was, you know, obviously I get a little worried. If there was one way to summarize my whole point, Stephen just said it. Okay. It's a small, the filings are a small piece of this low float, crazy running, heavily shorted stock. And yeah. so many turn that, you know, molehill into a mountain. But most people use the SEC filings for them to think they see the company as illegitimate. So are most shorting after they read an SEC filing? Yeah, because there's, you know, in okay. penny stock land, there's, you're never going to find anything good in an yeah. SEC filing. Yeah. <laughs> see, yeah. see and, and actually, good yeah. question, Kim. So there's press releases and there's SEC filings. Uh, so you will never, you will, and, and again, this is part of the bias. You'll never find anything good in a penny stock SEC filing because these are legal documents. Right, right. Okay. Right. So yeah. if, 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 if you don't I want see. to get, sanctioned by the sec yeah, or or yeah. go to jail yeah, you have to careful. put the truth in there but that Makes also sense. you know everyone looks at the filings and they're like oh it's another junk company well i mean we've got ltrb ltrpd today that that's gone from twenty dollars to 120 dollars you know it's a it's a terrible company but you can't you know, you can't put too much weight in it. And, and uh, all yeah, stocks, that, that's one of the reasons I don't pay that much attention. They're all bad. You know, it's all a horror story. So uh, can, can I just, can I just jump back to you on works? Because uh, someone said something to us, which kind of irritated us. It made us sad. And I just want to, I just want to, I just want to clarify. And uh, it's quarantine. Things get to us a little bit easier. Um, but uh, with works, when it traded, when, when works traded 98 million, 99 million, whatever it was, on that day, someone messaged us saying, uh, I just missed out on, on the long on, on, on works. And, uh, he's, and he was like, and I, and I was, and I was like, and I was like, oh, and I nearly made all this money. And I was like, I was like, don't worry that you missed out on that. It would have been a rubbish trade anyway. He was like, well, what do you mean? If it's high volume, low float, it's got coronavirus, it's a mint, it's a brilliant trade. And I'm like, it's not man, because if something's rotated its float that many times and it's up that much, you don't know where you are in it and you don't know what it's going to do and it's not predictable. So it's not a good trade. Tim, what do you think about that? Sorry. You weren't listening, were you? You weren't listening. I wasn't listening because our friend Tim Sykes is blowing me up on Skype. <laughs> just, just one, just one quick thing. All right. So now, someone full, full disclosure, full disclosure. Now someone messaged us on Instagram and he said, uh, just took this trade on works. Um, and uh, I just missed out. It would have been a brilliant trade. I was like, how's works a brilliant trade? He says, low float, high volume, coronavirus. He says, still not a good trade. He says, how it went from this to this that's got all these bullish indicators. He said, because when something rotates its float that many times and it's up that much, you cannot predict what that stock's going to do. Agreed. And, one minute, and the one other... day it'll slam, one day it'll run. Yeah. And, and, you know, as cool as works was, as fun as it was, I mean, it halted a bunch too. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, I was using it as a a high volume example, but it's not easy. I mean, this thing, I mean, it dropped three bucks a share at the open spikes, four bucks a share, and then faded all day. I mean, it was all over the place. You can't predict that, right? I don't think you can predict that. And if you can, you're a 10 times better trader than I'll ever be. They are tough, especially when they start halting, you know. So. All right. So just give me a little clarity. A press release is where they're going to be marketing, using marketing words and being a little bit more, you know, dressed up like what lipstick on the pig. You've used that yep. term before, right? Yep. And But then an SEC filing is going to be more with them being very careful of their language uh, because of the ramifications of that document. Yeah. But yeah, you but know, a both... press releases, you know, press release is a press release, you know, it's sure, just like, sure. you know, you know, it's, you, you're not going to say anything like bad in your press right. release. You're going to be right. like, Hey, right. you know, the steady trade podcast is amazing. We have new hosts, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We're not going to tell you about the times that Steven, you know, shows up drunk, 
you know, <laughs> only three or four times. We're not going to tell you about that, but you know, you put the positive <laughs> in the press release. <laughs> All right. So, so our bulls. We're not going to talk about so. the time I interrupt too much. You know, <laughs> the the best part of the steady trade podcast is Tim interrupting everybody five hundred times an episode. <laughs> you don't put that in the press release. So. <laughs> All right. So both of these, if if I'm. Am I paying, am I, is there a particular indicator? Is an SEC filing and or a press release indicating to me that this company is perhaps desperate? <laughs> press, pre- yeah, yeah, they will. I'll just, I'll just, they will. A press release will indicate that you are desperate because okay. if you are constantly pushing out news that has no uh, real substance and it sounds almost to the point where it's ridiculous, uh, you can see that they're desperate to get the price up. Okay, but that doesn't necessarily, but that doesn't necessarily mean you want to short, even though ultimately they might go down. They may not go down quick enough for you to be able to make a profit off there. It's it's just one indicator of nine indicators, and you use all nine together to 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 figure out the strength. And like I said, you've got to run. The best way I can ever explain it is when I what's that movie where that English guy creates the German thing that stops the war. The, um, the imitation what? game or something something like that. Can't remember. But there's a... Okay. There's was this, was a, this a British movie? movie? Yeah. With I'm British not actor. watching but, that crap. But anyway, anyway, imagine... The best way I can explain trading is... Yeah. You've got 10 indicators and 9 indicators, right? Yeah, And yeah. they're all like wheels that are running, rolling around all at the same time, saying, what's the value of this? What's the importance of this? What's the weight of this? What's the weight of this? They're all rolling all at the same time as you see the yeah. stock moving. Yeah. And when you get better at trading, it's when you start learning how to multitask on all nine of the, the wheels. Yeah. Well, Tim, doesn't Tim Sykes have the, uh, the indicators, right? And what, what's the, same what thing. does he, does he, does he have the sliding scale? The sliding Sykes, scale. What's, what's Sykes the number scale. he gives to SEC filings? Does he give one for that? I'm trying to look at my Probably notes. a zero. I, he doesn't cover the minutes. He yeah, doesn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good to know. Just, just, just but, check. Uh, no, he right. puts, I remember that he puts about 20 points. It's a hundred, right? So he puts yeah, 20 points yeah. to the, the press release. Mm-hmm. Uh, he puts 20 points to the long-term chart. I think he probably puts around 20 points to floating volume-ish. And then the rest get like 10 or something like that. I think a press release gets 20 points now that I think about it. I don't know if that's even in there. Press release starts the action. The press release is the beginning of the action most of the time. Really? Okay. Another good thing to remember the difference between press release and SEC filings is press release is the company's opinion or their interpretation of facts, where SEC filings is literally the facts. All right. That's what I have here. He has pattern price, 1 to 20, risk reward, 1 to 20, ease of entry, 1 to 10, uh, past performance, 1 to 10. Uh, do you have the schedule, the ability to stay with it, 1 to 20? Reason or catalyst is what he calls that, 1 to 10. And then market environment, 1 to 6. Yeah, so, no, that, that DVD is the most uh, underrated DVD of all the DVDs he's ever done. You know, I, I, I think it's, it, it's probably the best one, and he gave it for free. And then you know, it, it's funny you say that because it, it just, you know, like like something I talk about all the time is, you know, these worksheets. I, I think one of the, you know, that, that I use in Stocks Trade Pro, I think one of the great things about Trader Checklist is I'm not saying it's the perfect system, but it is a system. And I yeah. think that is one of the biggest things newer traders lack is they just they don't have a system and you know i'm not saying my worksheet's perfect i'm not saying trader checklist is perfect but at least it is a system it is parameters and it reminds you to check these things too i think i think that's a lot of what you know new traders miss is they just you know they overlook a lot of this stuff yeah Uh, so 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 the re oh just the reason catalyst. Sorry. The reason catalyst might be an SEC filing, might be a press release, but just because that shows up and even if it doesn't, you know, it makes you go, okay, this is a flag. You want to keep that in mind along with everything else is is what I'm hearing you guys say. Okay. Yeah. And and the most important, and it brings me on to the point that I was going to make the best thing that Tim Bourne has ever taught me ever in the years and years and years of, of, of doing this podcast uh, is to build the case. It's the best thing I've ever been taught. And I, I learned it in Stocks of Trade Pro because he kept, he said it relentlessly every day. Um, <laughs> I never, repeat, I never repeat myself. Thing, 
But but building a case is almost yeah. the perfect system. You saying all oh, the worksheets not the perfect system and site sliding skills not the perfect system. I would say building the case is the perfect system mm-hmm. because it's dead simple. You're like, how many factors are bullish? How many factors are bearish? It's mixed. There's, there's mixed, some bullish, some like AP, APDM or whatever it was today. Was it, what was that stock that you were looking at? I was looking at it as well. APDN was the morning low float runner that ultimately failed, but yeah. Yep. You know, do you know what I thought? I thought terrible chart, bearish, building the case, terrible chart, bearish. Um, it's actually a real company that's got cash and makes money, bullish. Um, it's a low float, high volume, bullish. It's holding its trend together, bullish. Um, but I was like, but that chart's pretty terrible, and it's failed every time. It's spiked bearish. Yep. And I was like, that's three bulls and two bears. That's a direct conflict in the number of indicators I'm weird. I'm not trading it. I'm not trading it. Yeah, and if you're on YouTube, this is something that you know I I, I teach in in Stocks and Trade Pro, and maybe you've seen it on just like Steven's doing. I've, 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 it's it's the caveman method, but just like Steven, I'll do that. I'll, I'll tick off, and if it's like three negatives and five positives, okay, maybe it's a trade. If it's five negatives uh, it, and it, one it, it, positive, it. yep. So, right. So this is this is the way this is the way I've learned to do it from you, and I've interpreted. So if if it's like seven positives and one negative, um, I'm gonna give myself room on the risk reward. I'll give myself a good risk reward, and I'll take some good size. If it's like five bullish, two bearish, or I'll say five bearish and two bullish, and it's a short, I'm like, oh, this could go wrong. I'm only going to get in with the best, tightest risk reward. Only if it hits these targets am I getting in Beautiful. because it's got the potential to go wrong. So I manage my risk yeah. reward based on what the case looks like. That makes sense. And it's served okay. us so well. Awesome. All right, reverse splits, guys. Yeah, I was going to say, we need to move on. That was Teach me. <laughs> Sorry. Teach me. Well, no, I, and keep in mind, good. great so discussion. Important. Great job, guys. Okay. Um, I love it. It's just, this is going to be a, this is going to be a Joe <laughs> Rogan three hour episode if we don't move on. <laughs> That's, that's right, a reverse splits in 10 right. minutes. It's like a challenge. <laughs> yep. There you go. Yep. <laughs> okay, you you uh, know reverse splits better than anyone, Tim. You're going to see it. Well, well, so what I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give my perspective and then, and then I, I, you know, I, I know, I know some of the things that trip up people a lot. I mean, I think the biggest, so really quick, what is a reverse split? Let me just cover it yeah. super quick. Yeah. You can, I mean, Investopedia is a great resource. It's free. You can look up what a reverse split is. But remember, most stocks, you know, most penny stocks are failing stocks. The chart's going to, I'm doing the hand, lower, lower, or, or upper left to lower right. They're going to be constantly downtrending. They're going to be constantly going down. And if it's a NASDAQ stock, you have to stay above a dollar. Um, so they're, they're going to do a reverse split to get their stock price back up. They also know, when you're a long-term downtrending stock, people don't like 10 cent stocks. You know, they're, you know, people prefer $5, $6, $7 stocks. I mean, you know, like, like CNBC won't even mention, you know, stocks under a couple bucks or whatever. So what these stocks do back to that supply and demand is they reduce the number of shares to get the stock price up to maintain their listing requirements and make them more attractive to people. Okay. So the best way to put it is if you've got a million freely tradable shares, well, let me say 10 million, you've got 10 million freely tradable shares and you're trading at a dollar. Your enterprise value is $10 million. You're worth your market cap, your enterprise value. I could buy your penny stock. If I wrote you a check for 10 million, Mm -hmm. all the reverse split does is reduce the share count. So now you've got a, if you do a 10 for one reverse split, which is very common, your stock is now going to be worth $10, but the float or the freely tradable shares is a million shares. So a lot of people get confused because they think, Oh, this stock is up huge. No, I can still write a check for $10 million and buy your company. There's just bigger pieces of the pie in, in, in essence. You know, yeah. I just divide it instead of itty bitty pieces of the pie. Yeah. I now have $10 pieces of the pie. So what I see a lot is, and, and see when these reverse splits happen, it puts it on everybody's radar. You know, we, we had one today, CYCC is, is a reverse split. I think we had several today, actually. So when they reverse split, they, they, they're, they're, they're up a thousand percent where they're not mm. up a thousand percent. It's yeah. just, you're, you're, it looks like it is. 
So the biggest trip up I see is a lot of people, number one, they try and play guessing games on when these reverse splits mm-hmm. happen. I hate that. People will buy the stock in advance of, of the reverse split and then hoping that when it does the reverse split, everybody loses their mind and buys it and it runs up. Please don't do that because sometimes they don't do the reverse split for weeks or months or never do it. Now you're sitting in this terrible stock that's going nowhere. It's tying up your buying power. You can't trade other stuff. And then I say, and I know this might be a little controversial. I never touch reverse splits on day one because I can't chart them. You know, when you've got a stock that's gone from one to 10, I can't use any of my past values. I can't do anything with this thing. So what I look to do is trade them on day two or day three, if they stabilize on day one. So I say, don't try and play the reverse split guessing game and never trade them day one. I mean, Mm -hmm. what's your opinion, Steven? No, I, I just give props to Tango Vega, the former yep. Socks to Trade Pro student of yours. He was a, he was two years. Uh, He's the man. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, who's gone on to be a full-time professional trader, which is which is awesome. Tim, I, I hope I'm like another one of your students eventually. I'm on the right track. But um, but too bad you're never he, in the webinars. <laughs> I'm, uh, come on, you I'll, show I'll up for like back. thirty seconds in your nah, chili stained t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what the thing is? The thing is, I am um, I. I couldn't figure out my password and stuff like that, but I can be in because I'm not working now. Well, I am I'm working, but I'm working. Finish what you're saying. Oh, no, don't stop guilt tripping as you guilt tripping. <laughs> no, but I'll, I, I will. I've, I've been in. I've been in all the challenge stuff in the challenge room, so I'm going to jump back into the. Because I'm on a hyper intensive learning phase right now, but not not about me. Um, Tango Baker, the legend that he is. I wish I could meet him. Have I met him? I think I have met him. We met him together, didn't we? You, I gotta believe you've met him in Orlando. Him, He's been to Orlando. Him. I did meet him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We met him together when we did the Stocks of Trade lunch thing. I I've bet, met him. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. And uh, he figured out a pattern where he just basically monitored every reverse split and found out how and when the run. Uh, and it was his own pattern. And it still kind of works these days, I think. But uh, my opinion on reverse splits is uh, I don't even look at them. I don't even look at them for the exact same reason as you. The yep. float's just reduced, uh, which is too scary because I don't know how it trades on this new float. Everyone's mm-hmm. new to it. There's no, there's no like, because if you look at a long-term chart, one, you don't have the levels on a reverse split because it's just changed. But two, you don't have the float anymore. So you don't know how it's going to react because every stock has a personality. It reacts to certain levels based on a certain float. And that's how it operates. That's its operating system as a stock. When it reverse splits, it's all new. So I, I, and it's it's exactly the same as um the public off the IPOs. I'm yep. like, how the hell I never I never IPO? trade a day one IPO. Never. The same thing. It's the yep. same thing. I'm like, I don't know what to do. But I mean, if you're someone like Nate, by the way, I saw Nate was short and walk walks. He was short and he banked on it as well. I'm like, how? I'm like, only he will short a stock going parabolic all day and make money doing it. But um. Wow. But um, yeah, my my opinion is just stay away from them. Oh, monitor! Mon- if you're gonna do anything, track every single one and look for nuances and patterns. But uh, Tim, you're playing multi-day breakouts on them, right? After a few days. Yeah, yeah. That's that's again. That's what I look for. Because yeah. see, because the problem with with these, so many of them die day one. So it's just so. What I want to see, you know, and I, I'm doing the hand gestures. If you're on YouTube, yeah, you know, I want to see that thing that you know it gaps. Well, it's not gapping up, but the reverse split. And then it hangs around all day, mm-hmm. hangs around day two, and then starts perking on day three. And then I can then I can actually chart this thing and figure out mm-hmm. where my stop is. But day one, it's just a mess to me. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. All right, that helps. I, I still think I need to learn a few more things before I'm paying close attention to that. But now I have a con. I at least understand what that term you've means. Com- you've completed the course. Congratulations. You've completed the the beginner's nine nine elements. At least, at least I education course. (laughs) (laughs) At least I know what these what these words are. It's like learning my new vocabulary words. So, all right, what was the third thing we wanted to talk about today? Was there a third one, Tim? Multi month breakouts and and how Stephen has finally finally found religion. Okay, I I can I can take this really quickly. 
was watching a lot of Tim. I've been watching Tim Bowen do them. I've watched a lot of Tim Gratani webinars since he's been. So first off, and- describe the setup. Describe. Mm-hmm. Start there, then go into it. So. To, to describe the setup, so basically, um, the setup is when a multi. You've got three different setups. I'd say a multi-day breakout is when the stock. For me, the, this is my criteria. If a multi-day yeah. breakout is when the stock goes above a level that it hasn't gone over in three days, four days, five days, six days. Multi-week is when it goes over a level it hasn't in a week. Multi-month is when it goes over a level on the day that it hasn't in a month. And a multi-year is when it goes over a level that it hasn't gone over in a year. Now, the the, the big, right, the other criteria that I track personally is for a breakout to work, it has to have much significantly higher volume on that breakout day than it has recently on the chart. Uh, because if it's the same volume, it's going to get stuck at the different resistance levels and it's not going to be standout. So that's one thing. Two, the market cap should likely, I know MRN is an exa- a different example, but the market cap should be under 50 million because it needs to have agility to be able to, to, to go up. Um, four, it needs to, it, I don't mind if it's got resistance. It can have as much resistance as it wants, but it can't have volume resistance because if it's trading high volume on that day, unprecedented compared to what it trades previously, for me, that wipes the chart clean and resets it as a new chart. So I don't even really look at those levels. I only look at the levels with volume attached to them. Uh, five, it, it, it should have a reason that it's up. It should be some, with news or some sort of catalyst or some sort of hot, hot sector. Um, and ideally six, it's, it's had a history of running multiple days before, but it doesn't matter if it hasn't. And seven, if that, if that thing's hitting 52 week highs and the chart's been very clean and then it's smashed out onto a new chart, uh, it's it's going to be wonderful. And eight, just the last thing. Um, I don't. I'm not chasing it. I'm buying it. I'm buying it around the breakout level. And and I'd like to have a good level below. Quite a wide risk because these breakouts are choppy on Nasdaq. But I like to have a, a good risk. I like to have a good risk level. I'm not just giving it two percent, three percent. I want a good, solid volume weighted res- resistance level that I'll that I'll uh, take it off. I'm 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 drying my tears of joy <laughs> with my STT Pro breakout worksheet. It only took three years to learn that, and I, I, and I, I learned it in a couple of months once I got it. But I, I needed it. It and, took and, three years and, to click in my head. It took three years to click in my head. They're tears of joy. It's it's like my my <laughs> my son is a senior in high school. I feel like I feel like he's walking down the aisle right now. <laughs> no, but, uh, I mean. I got nothing else to say because wow. Stephen nailed it. I mean, and, awesome. and I know we've brought this point up, but keep in mind, people are always like, oh, you know, I buy breakouts and it doesn't work. You don't buy any breakout. Stephen gave you yeah. eight things to look for. That's the breakout you buy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like, and, and honestly, like I sometimes do the YouTube live streams and I'll get like 50, 60 people on. All who are, I don't know how well they know trading or how well they don't. And they're like, oh, this stock, and you must get it all the time as well. Oh, what do you think of this stock? Ah, oh, what do you think of that stock? Ah, oh, this is a breakout. Ah, oh, that's a breakout. And, and I, I, I can tell them, I can probably tell you up to nine reasons why that's not a breakout. Yep. Up to seven reasons why that's not a breakout. And, and you'll, you'll go through 50 tickers and none of them fit any of the criteria. And when or it does fit the one, criteria. Or maybe one or two criteria, but not, not eight, uh, you know. <laughs> um, but but the other one was that NLS or whatever it was that that company I took that on a multi multi week breakout that was a brilliant one that was brilliant it was yep. the best one I've because I, I was like I don't think I should long I haven't tracked enough data and I'm like I cannot not take this I cannot not take it yeah I, actually uh, that was that was a great one um you know again today is April fifteenth NLS Nautilus exercise go back to that chart on Monday. You know, what I loved about it was multi-month breakout, like Steven said, it was Monday. You know, m- well, Monday yeah. is always, Monday everybody's well. always fired up on Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the volume was there. It was a whole dollar, half dollar. Don't discount that. <laughs> ah, forgot uh, that one. I forgot that. You know, it was like, like MRNA. Yep. It was a triple top. Well. It was a triple top at four, quadruple top, really. It breaks yeah. four on a Monday on high volume. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a stay at home play. Okay. They make stay at home fitness stuff. Oh, so wow. you got a story, you got a chart, yeah. you got volume, you got a whole dollar, half dollar. I mean, you know, I put it on the weekend watch list on, on Sunday, 
because mm-hmm. of all these things. And it went from four to five plus, and it's still above five. I mean, this thing will probably a great swing yeah. setup all week, but, but yeah, well done, Steven. So, wow. I mean, I, awesome. I don't often get turned on by stocks, but, uh, I got a little bit turned on by that one. Like, that turns me on. You know what I mean? It turns you on. It really does. Well, it may, I mean, again, you on. Yeah, and, and, I, and I want to be clear to all the listeners, you can check all eight boxes and the stock could still fail, but mm. you're making, the thing is, you're, especially as a newer trader, if you're under the PDT, you're trying to put as many odds in your favor as you can. And, and NLS was, you know, again, it checked every single box, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. And and like and, Steven and, said, so Steven talked about the market cap. You know, yeah. it's it's a hundred and fifty million market cap, but you know, last week it was a two dollar stock, so it would have been like a fifty million dollar market cap. Well, and yeah. I'll leave on this point. You know, the reason Steve and I'm glad he made that point. When we talk about the market cap, I always use the Sisyphus analogy. I use this mm-hmm. one all the time. If you're familiar with your Greek mythology, Sisyphus was doomed to perpetually push a rock up a hill. And if it's a large market cap stock, it's a huge rock to push up the hill. Mm. So the stock may go higher, but it's going to take forever. And if Mm. you've got a small account, you're not trying to trade some slow moving stock. NLS was a small enough market cap you know, Sisyphus can roll it up the hill. So, so that's an analogy yeah. I use all the time about market caps. That's Big market cap stocks can still move. I mean, look at Tesla. Tesla moves, but your odds are better when you've got that smaller market cap. Mm-hmm. Understood. This is good. This is helpful, guys. It helped a lot. I, I still have a ways to go, but at least I, I think I'm seeing the landscape more and more. The, like the lens is slowly coming into focus. Uh, no, I, I remember when, when I first started trading, I was writing these blog posts on Properly, and I could describe it as walking down a black alley in pitch black at night, and you're walking along, and you can't see where you're going, and you're bumping into loads of stuff, but if you walk long enough, you'll start to see glimmers of light at the end of the alley, in the, at the end of the long road. You're walking in the dark in the beginning, it's it's yeah. so easy for experienced traders to be like, oh, haha, this, and haha, that, and how don't you know this? And but uh, you, for, you, everyone forgets how hard it is, man. It takes years to learn. Mm-hmm. Your, your eyes have to adjust to the darkness, and your pupils have to dilate. And that's what you know. Every time I talk to you guys, they dilate a little bit more. So, <laughs> thank you. All right, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Stephen. And thank you to the listeners out there. Um, you know, I think that, again, this was a fun episode. I, I think that's, uh, you know, our goal is always, I mean, I know obviously we joke around and make random references, but, you know, I think it's the best way to learn is to, to enjoy it. I mean, I think uh, hopefully all three of our passions throw, show through. I mean, we love doing this. Love answering these questions. And again, you know, this is a mailbag episode. Um, head over to steadytrade.com. Drop us a comment. We've got a contact button there. If you're watching on YouTube, drop us a comment. We, we have a whole team. We, we read all the comments. And, uh, you know, if you have a topic or a question, drop it, you know, somewhere. Email us, whatever you want to do. And thank you again for listening. And hopefully you took away some great information from this podcast.